Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Wouldn't it feel amazing to make $52,000 in one month? I can answer that question for you. Yeah, it does feel amazing. And I just did it. In December, I closed $52,000 of sales in 16 days. I did it with no paid ads and all organic marketing and relationship-based selling. And I want to share with you what I did to make that happen so that you see what's possible for yourself in your business. Because we're all working together here to make this world a healthier place. And I want to support you in however I can so that you know how to do it for yourself. So, January 18th is the day that I am teaching the masterclass. It's happening at 4 p.m. Eastern, and I would love for you to join us. So please go to the show notes, click on the link, sign up, and I'll see you on January 18th. We've got a really powerful presentation today with my friend, Emily King, and I'm so excited to welcome her here. She is a, get ready for this, wealth and abundance coach. Hello. (laughs) We all want to create wealth. And abundance. And we've got an expert here today to talk to us about money mindset, affirmations, how to manifest. And she's got some gosh darn good stories about how she's done this in her own life. And I am so excited to have her here with us because I know money is the biggest story on the planet. We are all working on some level through our money story and working to kind of change things in our relationship with money. And we have an expert here today with us to help us do that even more. So Emily, welcome. Thank you, Nicole. That was a great little, little intro. <laughs> well, it was easy with somebody like you who's got the stories to tell and some amazing advice to share. Um, we're excited to be here with you. So thanks yeah. for being here with us. Let's do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's do it. So let's start off with how does somebody become, and I know this is a loaded question, but how do you become that person that can help other people with their money shit, because there's a lot that goes into people's money stories, right? Yeah. So what started this for you? It's so funny. Cause like where I am now in my life, like if, if you had told me like 10 years ago, Emily, you're going to be doing money mindset, coaching and wealth. And I'd be like, what, like, what is she doing? Like what? <laughs> but now in like hindsight, I'm like, Oh, it all makes sense. Cause like, this is going to sound strange, but I've been obsessed with money since I was a kid obsessed with fascinated at, you know, why do some people have it? Why do some people not? Cause I, we grew up my, our family, we grew up kind of like, we were like average ish, like more, a little on like the poverty side of average, mm-hmm. but I had our middle class. Is yeah. That I had mm-hmm. rich friends who had like their fancy cars and their big homes and the cottages. And I'm like, how are they getting this stuff? And I know my family's like driving around like old clunker cars and that kind of stuff. But, and then like, I was obsessed with money. So literally, so my hair is red and this is the color it's been since I've been born. And um, when I was a kid, when I was like five or six years old, like I was on the money game. So I was at this family party one time and this uncle of mine came up to me and was like, I really love the color of your hair. My hair was like down to my butt by then. 
And I look at him and I'm like, well, you can buy a piece for a dollar if you like. And he literally bought it. Like, no. <laughs> Wait, was it like an actual clipped piece? Or did yes. You like it? in my head, I'm thinking I got a lot of it. This guy is saying he likes it. So let me just like cut off a piece, put it in a plastic bag for him and sell him a piece for a dollar. I went around the whole party asking people if they wanted to piece my hair. And I, and people said, yes. Like I, I made like four or five bucks that night when I went home. You can grow more hair. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, I had this very like big curiosity around money. And then, so my mom was a stay at home mom. My dad's been an entrepreneur my whole life. And he had a lot of money blocks of like, it was nothing for him to work a 12 hour day, like even like probably 16 hour day. I remember the first time we ever, like when we were like making it in life and we had a first class ticket he made us get on the plane last because he didn't want people to see that we were sitting in first class. Yeah. So all these wild things. And then long story short, in my, I would have been early 20s then. So 20, I'm like, how old am I now? No, no, close to mid 20s. I kind of had my like low point in life, if you will, where I was just like, what am I doing with my life? And anyhow, I ended up finding a life coach completely randomly mind was blown by discovering that there is a thing called money mindset. We have these things called money stories. We have these things called money blocks. And I was just like, and then once I started to remove them and overcome them, next thing you know, you know, I'm going from, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. What's my purpose to the building of the half million dollar home to manifesting like cars and like hundreds of thousands of dollars, like all the things. And I'm like, what is happening? So all that to say, I was going to say long story short, but long story long. <laughs> I say that all the time. I'm like, long story long. <laughs> that is how this all unfolded. And then eventually after, you know, learning about this stuff for, well, it would have been, it would have been like three or four years by then. Uh, my coach finally like pushed me out the door and was like, you need to go teach this. And then I was like, what me? Okay, fine. I'm like I'll go teach on it. And then the rest is history. Like now I'm just like, yeah, of course I'm going to teach on money mindset. Cause like I was born to do this. Right. Right. You yeah. were being called the entire time into exactly this. Yeah. That's amazing. So as you started to release some of these blocks, identify them first and then release them and yeah. let them go. You said things just started showing up in your life. You were manifesting things. Things were just popping in that weren't there before. What are, what are some of the things that happened? What did you notice? Well, the first fun experiment, if you will, was a vision board and really playing with this whole concept of asking you shall receive type thing. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was with my boyfriend, but I was, you know, on my, well, my now husband, but I was on a single income. He was away for school and I was making $50,000 a year. And I thought, okay, it'd be, and I was in, in that stage in life, like mid twenties, you know, graduated from my MBA getting, you know, settled in life, doing my nine to five. And I thought, you know, it'd be really cool to build a dream home, like have my own dream home. Cause I had gone out with a real estate agent and looked at like the entry level homes and like nothing was resonating. And so I decided to apply myself and this whole manifesting stuff to a home. So I got a vision board. There's two things. I put a picture of a home that was under construction. And then I put a picture of a hundred thousand dollars that I said I wanted to manifest. And between it all, like I said, I was only making $50,000 a year. So having the funds to build a dream home was not really there. 
But one thing leads to another where I put that out there and it's like the universe started to deliver the opportunities for me to like take the bait. And so I was working in commercial construction at the time as a project manager, completely unrelated to my undergrad, (laughs) but anyways, and next thing you know, I'm talking to this contractor who's telling me about homes that he's flipping and building and how he's making so much money and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Hmm. So I was sharing this man's amazing story with a family member and the family member was like, I'll lend you the money for the land. If you want to like go out and do it. And I was just like, Oh, what? So one thing leads to another. Next thing you know, I'm sitting in the bank being like, okay, I have the money for land. What's my next step? Like, how can I make this work? And just literally like I found the piece of land for my dream home on Craigslist. Well, the Canadian equivalent of Craigslist. Um, So I bought it privately. It was fully treed lot that me and my friends went and like chainsaws on the weekends, like cutting down the trees, make room for just like ground roots, like the whole thing. Yeah. Like bootstrap it, like making it work. Long story short, I built the home over the course of the year. Like I had bought the land, I think it was like August. And by August ish of the next year, I was moved in. And then the following year, I knew I wanted to sell it to make my hundred thousand and literally to the dollar. I have a picture of the check. The check I received was $208,000. I owed the investor 108,000 because that's how much the land was. So I got my $100,000 cash in the bank that I had like put out there. I have chills. Every time somebody tells a story like that, it's like the most exciting thing in the world to me because that's exactly how it happens. It's to the, because I have some stories like that myself where I'll tell people and I'm like, literally to the dollar is the amount of money that showed up in my account. And people are like, no, how did that happen? (laughs) I'm like, it's like. I don't know. It's how once you change your beliefs and you said it earlier, once you become clear and you decide, like you mm. put that hundred K on your vision board, you put the con- the house in construction on your vision yeah. board. Had you not started saying it and speaking it out into the universe, that family member wouldn't have known that that's what you were looking to do. You wouldn't have seen all these other opportunities. And that conversation about them paying for the land would have never happened So it's all breadcrumbs and the clues along the way. So when somebody's like, how it's like, I don't know, how do I wrap up all these synchronicities that happened along the way? Yeah, exactly. It is. That's it. Cause it's the classic thing, ask and you shall receive. And the problem with people in manifesting and getting what they want is they stop themselves before they even try or start. Cause had I gotten into the mindset of, okay, Emily, you're single income, making $50,000 a year. You don't have the money to build this dream home. How are you, how's that ever going? Like Emily, just simmer down, go get your starter home, come back in a few years, maybe save be up reasonable. Some- yeah, be reasonable, Emily. be realistic, realistic, be logical. Yeah. And so, had I gone there, I probably would have had that conversation with that contractor and been like, "Good for you, amazing." Yep. End of story. Yep. Right. I have actually come to think of it, I got another really cool story, real quick one where. I had been years into this manifesting stuff by then. And it was, I think it was maybe two or three summers ago that on my vision board. So here locally, I'm in Newfoundland, Canada. There's a world renowned hotel here Mm -hmm. and it's, it's at minimum. I think the starting room is $2,000 a night to stay there. Mm -hmm. And you have to stay for at least two nights, if not three nights during peak season. And anyways, it was my dream to go to this hotel. But once again, I'm like, 
I'm not spending $2,000 a night on a hotel. Like, and even at this time I was like doing the well, and I'm like, that ain't going to happen. Right. But knowing what I practicing, when I preach, I was like, Emily, just put it up on your vision board, put a picture of it's called the Fogo Island Inn for anyone who wants to look it up. So I put it up there and I remember so clearly one morning I was sitting in my meditation chair and I was like looking at my vision board and that picture came across my gaze of the Fogo Island Inn. And I'm like, oh, it'd be so cool to go there. I go to work that day and I'm like I said, I'm working in construction. I get a call from the maintenance guy at the Fogo Island Inn. I swear to God. He calls me and he says, yeah, we need some parts for blah, blah, blah. Like, can you get us some replacement parts? Like this never happens. We rarely deal with this hotel. And if we deal with him, it's for like a few hundred dollar order or whatever. The order that he wanted was, it worked out to be close to $4,000 of stuff that he needed. So I'm sitting there going, oh my God. And my, my dad was my boss. So I'm like, all right, if I can get this as like my bonus, like a swap, a trade, where like they give me a stay at their hotel and, and we'll give them parts, like that'll be my bonus. This would be like, so anyways, all that to say, I call back the maintenance guy. I'm like, yeah, here's the price for your, your parts. And I'm wondering if you want to do a swap. I'll give you the parts for free. You give me two nights stay at your hotel. He's like, let me check it out with the accountant. Anyways, next day they're like, sure, done deal. So I manifest, it was like the best weekend I had there. It was so amazing. But once again, that would have never happened had I not put it out there because the maintenance guy would have called. I would have said, yep, here's the parts you need. Here's your invoice. Have a nice day. Yep. Yeah. But instead I just like kept going with it. And you brought up a really good point. Even before the story, you were like, a lot of people stop before they even start. And it's because they're waiting on the steps. If you just tell me the steps, yeah, then I'll know. And I don't know if you listen to Abraham Hicks. I would imagine you've heard of them, but I listened to them a lot. And Esther uh, or Abraham told a story once about Esther using a GPS to drive somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I love that analogy. And I use it a lot with my clients. Like if you are driving somewhere, you don't need to know all the turns. You just need to know the next one. Mm -hmm. And then the GPS will give you the one once you make that turn. And then it'll give you the next one. And we have to trust and know that the universe is our GPS. It's going to give you the next turn. You just have to do your part. Yeah. You have to show up and be willing to take that step and it'll give you the next one. And here's the thing I like to add on to that whole analogy is that most of the people out there aren't even plugging in the destination in the GPS. No, no. (laughs) They're like, let me just drive around and like, hope I get somewhere that you're going to get somewhere. You will absolutely get somewhere where I can't tell you for sure where that'll be. And I definitely can't guarantee you're going to like it. So get real clear on where you want to go and put it in there. Well, that's the thing. Cause like you said earlier, like one of the things that we're going to talk about today is like affirmations and that kind of goodness. And to your point there of like, you're going to go somewhere. Like I like to say, cause people say like, do affirmations really work or like, what's the point of them? Blah, blah, blah. And I like to say, if you do not affirm who you are, the world will do it for you. So you might as well show up and tell the world what you want. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like anything in life. Like I don't want to show up to a restaurant and have them serve me what they think I should eat. Exactly. I want to choose off of the mint. I want this. <laughs> but if I go in there and I'm like, I'm hungry. Yeah. Woo! I don't know. I mean, I might get like something that I would never eat in a million years or never order in a million years. But if I have left it up to chance for them to choose, then I'm available for that. But if yeah. I'm going to be very decisive and say, here's what I want, then I get to order exactly what I know I want. And that's how, like you've said it a couple of times, ask and you shall receive. Yeah. You'll get it. Are you willing to ask for it? And you get to ask beyond 
what you feel is possible. Cause even this sounds like a stupid example, but I was at Starbucks the other day, speaking of like ordering from the menu and I could not decide if I wanted a hot drink or a cold drink. I really wanted both. I was like, Oh, I really want the, I don't even know what it's called. Like the stupid, like berry drink they have or something. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted a caramel macchiato. And I was like, I get to have both. <laughs> like, why do I have to choose? Like, and it was like, so the end, girlfriend. Right. It was such a simple thing, but I was like, I am going to get both. And the head, the ego was like, what are you crazy? You can't get two drinks from Starbucks. One drink from Starbucks is expensive enough. And I'm like, no, I want the two drinks. So I ordered the cold and the hot beverage and off I went and I was happy as anything. Yep. That's exactly it. And it's like when we start to deny ourselves and use that logic and that reasoning of like, you don't need to, you're fine without it. You could save that money. You could... Or you could follow the impulse and the instinct that you have and yeah. take a stand for the end or whatever it is in that moment that you're desiring to do and watch things open up for you in a new and different way that could have never happened had you not said yes to yourself. And it might seem yeah. silly to do two drinks at Starbucks and think, well, how's that really going to help me? Yeah. Sometimes that is the direction. Get yourself two drinks at Starbucks and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because my dad always used to say to me, how you do anything is how you do everything. So it's in these seemingly little, small, insignificant moments of these decisions that we make that really accumulate and really show the universe what we stand for and what we desire and what we're going to live as and in. Yeah. Yeah. And trusting that those clues, those breadcrumbs, as I like to call them, are there to show you what the next step is or what the next move is. But you have to say yes each step of the way, even when it seems illogical or crazy or the real world is telling you that's not reasonable. I always use that voice when I say it because (laughs) to me, it's like, it's all about restriction. And like, I don't like using those words, reasonable, realistic, like that just seems very much like it, just a belief system that I, I don't know. I don't think really favors us or serves us in, in the bigger picture of following our desires and making them come true. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you have another really cool story that I would love for you to share because I believe it was 2016, you said, yep. in your business. And the first two quarters, let's say, a little bit more than yeah. that, maybe, you had made a pretty insignificant amount in your business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the second half of the year, it kind of blew up. Tell us yeah. about that. Tell us the amounts. Tell us the story behind it because I love this story. So yes, in 2016... I had my business and I say business lightly because I had made $97 from January to the beginning of August of 2016. So I was like talking to talk, but walking no walk. I was like, Oh yeah, this mindset stuff. And man, like anyways. And so I had had enough of my BS August of that year. I, I it was just so in infuriating like month after month to be like, Oh, I'm going to do this big thing. And yeah, I'm going to launch this project or whatever it might be. And I'm like, and then the next month would come and I'd be like, I still didn't do anything. Like, God damn it. Like Mm -hmm. what is wrong with me? So August, I found myself sitting on my couch and I was dead serious with myself. I told myself, Emily, if you do not get a client by the end of this month, you are shutting down your business. I meant it. It wasn't like some, oh, cute. You'll shut. No, no. It's like, I'm literally going to close down my Facebook page, call it a day, never talk about this coaching thing again. You had a good run. Goodbye. So what I did was I knew I needed some accountability, i.e. a coach. So literally I put it out to the universe. I said, universe, show me who I'm meant to work with. 
And the next day I found someone I knew her already, but it's like kind of like then she came into my world of like, oh, wait a minute. I really like her style of coaching. I got on the phone with her. I hired her completely outside my comfort zone because I remember it was like over $10,000 to work with her. And at the time I hardly had a business. And I said, yes. And I remember hanging up the phone being like, what did I just do? Like, <laughs> I, only have enough, this work. I only have enough for the first month's payment. Like what is happening? So I hired a coach. And then from there, I finally started saying yes to the breadcrumbs that were coming. So the universe was giving me the stuff. And this is important in manifesting. It's not just sit back and watch all the things flow in. The things are flowing to us all the time, but we have to meet it halfway and say yes. So, and it was like the simplest thing that just allowed my business to take off. So it was as simple as my sister's in network marketing and she also had just started her business. So she had a smallish team. Um, I think altogether there was like 20 of them. Mm -hmm. And I had this idea where it's like, you should do a workshop for your sister and her team about money mindset. And old me, would have been like, okay, well, let me think about what I'll teach them. And let me think about like, when we will do it. Like I would have overthought it and never ended up doing it. But because I had given myself this ultimatum, I was like, Emily, you go. So I literally texted her. I was like, Becky, want me to do a workshop for your team? She's like, yeah, sure. That next week we did it. I had 20 women come to the workshop. And once again, like I was in that action taking flow. So the ideas and the inspiration started coming to me. So I did something as simple as I said to the ladies, send me like DM me your biggest takeaway after this workshop. And I'm going to do a draw for a one-on-one session with me. So then that got me into more like coaching. And then that got me in people's inbox. So we started that relationship. And then before, you know, by the end of that month, I had five new clients. So, and at the time I, my pricing was only a thousand bucks per package. So Mm I had $5,000 next month, same thing, $5,000. The following month, I finally had the courage to put out this group program I had been dreaming of for over a year. I sell it out. I sold the 20 spots. It was $1,000 a spot. So I made over $20,000 with that program by November of that year. And by the end of 2016, I had gone from my $97 to then over $30,000 in sales by the end of that year. (laughs) No website, no ads. Hey, I'm interrupting you real quick because I know you're enjoying this podcast and I know you're listening to this podcast because you care about your business. You care about the people you work with and you want to help people. As a matter of fact, you want to help more people. But I bet you often ask yourself, where am I going to find clients? And I've got your answer. I have a free training video for you. It is called 33 Places to Find Clients and it comes with a workbook where you can take notes on all the 33 places that I give you. So I want you to get this downloaded. It's free. Get it today because ultimately it's going to help you understand where to go every day to interact with people so that you can start to get more clients and help more people, which is the goal of all of this. So go to healthystepswithnicole.com backslash 33 places, download it, Watch it. I can't wait to hear from you and hear what you think about it because this is going to be a game changer for you to know every day where you need to go and what you need to do to find more people to become your clients. Okay, now back to the show. Hold on, did we just hear her? I need her to say that again. What did she say she did not have? No, I had no website. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know if I had a business, Facebook business page at the time. If I did, it was very like, limited. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you. I mean, I think that's worth mentioning one more time. No website, no ads, no business page, because by the way, none of that is needed in order to help people in order to show up. Exactly. I have an acronym that I, I call LOPA leverage other people's audience. Yeah. It was just who has a network, who has a group of people who need what I have to offer. And let me reach out to them. So literally I was like, because I had such great success with the network marketing group. I'm like, who else do I know that's in network marketing? Literally just reach out to anyone and everyone that I knew was in network marketing. Does your team want me to speak? Does your team want me to speak? So that's how I started building up my network. It wasn't like me just doing random posts on Facebook being like, Hey, who wants to work with me? It was, let me get in there with a group of people who are already going to resonate with what I have to say and build my community from there. Yes. A warmed up audience. I always say that's the fastest way to expedite the no like and trust factor. Oh, totally. Because that's everything in sales, right? But when you're trying to earn that no like and trust from people that are new to you, it's absolutely possible. And you're just going to have to nurture and really build relationships, which is all important and helpful. Mm -hmm. And when you leverage someone else's audience, they've already earned the trust with their audience and they're bringing someone in that essentially is expediting the no like because their audience now automatically trusts you yeah. because of that built relationship. So totally. yeah, I love it's one of the best ways. And I, I always like to remind people, it's not about finding your clients, it's can they find you? And you just said something really powerful. Are you putting yourself in a place, not with random posts on Facebook, which by the way, obviously you want to keep doing that as well and you yeah. want to show up everywhere you can, but are you putting yourself in places where it's more likely that people who resonate with your message will benefit from it and want to hear more from you and want to see more of you and follow you and become a part of your community from that. Yeah. And so many of us are so scared to put ourselves out there. Just this year, I spoke for TEDx mm-hmm. and I was so scared to apply. I'm like, who's going to want to listen to me? And what do I have to say? But I did it anyways, because I got my sign from the universe, which is a silly old turtle. <laughs> I I did it. I applied. And the next thing you know, I'm standing on stage speaking at TEDx, but we have to put ourselves out there for these opportunities. Like Mm -hmm. if you're waiting for it to be comfortable, you're going to be waiting a long time. Yes. And I think that people are waiting for with the steps as well. They're like, I want the steps and the steps have to make logical, perfect sense. And they have to feel comfortable. I've got to have every sign possible to show me that this is, it's got to be so certain. Like, by the way, the breadcrumbs that I keep referring to the steps, they never actually look like what you think they're going to look like. They don't Mm -hmm. actually look like the certainty that you're looking for, but just like your sign with the turtle, you've got little (laughs) signs, you've got little things that you'll know if you learn to trust yourself, you'll know, okay, that's it. And that's why I like to call them breadcrumbs because they are typically crumbs. It doesn't look like what you, but you have to trust that, okay, that's there for a reason. I don't know what it is. The conversation that you're having with the guy who's flipping houses, like that's a breadcrumb. But like you said, had you not put that on your vision board, you wouldn't have had that conversation or it wouldn't have been received in the same way. Exactly. Because you wouldn't have heard an opportunity for you in that conversation. You would have, cool, that guy's doing cool stuff. Awesome. Congrats to you. I don't think it ever really looks like what we are waiting for the safe feeling for it to look like. It's every time you kind of have to take a little bit of a risk and a chance. Yeah. There's a quote that I love. I I believe it's Jen Sincero that says in her book, You Are a Badass. You have to show up for the scary thing when it presents itself. If you're serious about changing your life. Yes. Yep. That's her. Yeah. So absolutely true. And actually funny enough, that was my theme right before I applied for TEDx. I had made it my theme like a week prior when this opportunity came up and I'm like, Emily, you told yourself 
You got to show up for the scary thing when it presents itself if you're serious about changing a life. So go show up for the scary thing. So like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to like it, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> yep. It's so yeah. true. The scary thing. And that's another thing that doesn't always look like what we think. It's like, we think the scary thing is a Facebook live. Okay. That is scary for some people. And in some, in some places, sometimes the scary thing is making the investment. Sometimes mm. the scary thing is saying yes. Sometimes the scary thing is whatever it is, it just doesn't always look like what we think in our minds right now that it's going to look like, but when it presents itself, it's like, oh, okay. You have to see it as an opportunity. And sometimes the scary thing is believing in yourself. Yep. And I'm, I'm preaching all the time, like get uncomfortable, lean into the discomfort. And we so often think like that it's a hundred percent discomfort on an action side of things, Mm -hmm. but sometimes the discomfort is shifting a belief about yourself that doesn't feel true. Mm -hmm. So shifting into what if I can do this? What if this does work out for me? And that's so uncomfortable for some people. And then they like give up. It's like, no, that's not for me. So the discomfort can be believing in yourself. That's a big one. (laughs) Yeah. That's a a really, I'm glad you mentioned that because you're right. It's, it's the beliefs that we're shifting. And I, I would love to hear your take on this. What do you think about I mean, what do you think it really is that changes people's money story and relationship with money more than anything else? <laughs> Straight up, uh, calling bullshit on it, <laughs> like <laughs> calling BS is like yep. it really just being like, this is BS. And I've lived with this story forever. Like in my case, like I said, my dad made us get on the plane last because he was embarrassed about like being seen as having money. Mm-hmm. And so I could have taken that in. And, and even like working hard, like I said, he worked 12 hour days, 16 hour days. His health was not good because of that. And um, I could have taken these things and said, yeah, you got to work hard. And yeah, like, yeah, hide if you're ever doing well, like people can't see that you're rich because you'll be a snob or whatever. Right. And it's just going, I'm calling BS on this because this doesn't feel good. So right. what do I want? What would I like my reality of beliefs to be instead? And being tolerating no shit from the ego, (laughs) excuse my language, but like really drawing that line in the sand, you cannot be nice to the ego because the minute you're like, well, maybe that's true, whatever the ego's like, all right, perfect. (laughs) We got her (laughs) like sit down again. (laughs) That's exactly what it's doing. And like I say this all the time and I remind myself of it all the time the logic and reasoning that we keep talking about, that's just your ego disguising your fears in a way that it knows you'll buy it. Yeah. It knows, oh, we can get her to calm down and not do the thing that she's scared of doing if we just tell her this. Like it's mm. it's always trying to disguise your fears in logical, reasonable ways so that you buy into it. And I love that you said, you just get sick of your own bullshit and you finally yeah. said, okay, enough is enough. I'm over my own bullshit. And I think you said something really powerful that I love because this is an affirmation that I repeat all the time. Feeling good is the work. And you said, well, this belief doesn't feel good. Mm. And that's where we have to do the hard work in question. And that's where I think a lot of the resistance comes up is if we identify that that belief doesn't feel good, for example, I don't want people to see that I have money. So I'm going to get on the plane last. Mm. Well, that doesn't feel good. What does feel good? But it's hard then to let go of that belief because we've held on to it for so long. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And to that point, being okay with it feeling like crap as you transition to the new belief. Yeah. Right? Because you're going to come up against resistance. I saw a quote the other day that said, the bigger the significance, the bigger the resistance. Mm -hmm. 
like the bigger the change you're making, the bigger the resistance you're going to get. Yep. Well, for some people, it might be an overnight thing of like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to own that. I Like I'm sitting first class. I'm going to be first one on the plane. Right. <laughs> like, right. You I'm go, so girl. <laughs> right. But for most of us, changing these limiting beliefs is going to be like, ah, uh, this doesn't feel good. And someone's going to judge me and whatever. Good. Keep going. Because right. when you get on the other side of that, it's going to be so freaking liberating. Right. Yeah. And I think it, like you said earlier, how we do one thing is how we do everything. If you are having insecurities around something like that, you're going to have it in other areas of your life. I was talking to a client not too long ago and she was saying how, when she got pregnant, she was afraid to, to share about it because she had friends who were having trouble getting pregnant and she felt bad. Mm -hmm. And I think we dim our own light in so many different ways, because there's no reason why you shouldn't celebrate that. I get that other people might be having challenges and struggles, and maybe other people have to fly coach on the plane, but you're not saying I'm better than you because you know what I mean? It's like there, we, we see it play out in all the areas of our life. Yeah. Not just with one thing, because it is how you do one thing is how you do a lot of the things. Yeah, exactly. So what are some ways that you have shifted your beliefs? Like when you just said, I'm tired of my own bullshit. Mm. hiring a coach. I heard yeah. a big one game yeah. changer. What are some other things that you did or that you learned from that coach that really helped you? Yeah. I'm thinking, I'm like, did this coach teach it to me? I think she did. I don't know where I picked this one up, but anyways, I've been using it for years and it's called the headship journal, mm. which my clients love. So it's my little journal. It says, believe in yourself, uh-huh. ironically enough. And people ask me, do you need to have a separate journal for headship or can it be in a regular journal? doesn't matter either. Or I like to have a separate one for it. But here's how it goes. So you'll see like on certain pages, I got like stuff scratched out. Mm -hmm. That was me writing down all the crap that was in my head. Like, no one's going to sign up for this. You can't do this. You're all washed up. No one wants to pay attention to you anymore. Like it's over, you know, whatever. So I get it all out. Because here's the thing. If we don't get it out, it gives room for the ego to grow in our heads. If we just let it stay in here. It's Mm -hmm. just like the ego invites fear over for dinner, invites doubt over, invites all the things. And they just have a big old like dinner party and we're feeling like crap forever. So we got to get it out. And even just writing it out and crossing it out is therapeutic Mm -hmm. in and of itself. Mm -hmm. It's like it it negates it right away. Yeah. And it's just like, it's so symbolic of even if like your conscious mind is like, that is true. Like these negative things you're saying about yourself. It is true. Even if your conscious mind still can't get on board, just like, I feel like on a subconscious level, if you're writing it and then scratching it out, it's just like, it's like scratching a CD for anyone who's like old enough to remember CDs. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's like when you were a kid and you had that CD and if it got a scratch in it and it would like blip over that favorite part in your song and you'd be like, damn it. Why is there a scratch? Sometimes scratching the CD with our beliefs can be really great because the more you scratch it, the more you go, this is not true. This is not true. This is not true. The brain stops firing off that kind of path. If you will, like the brain stops going, this is what you believe. This is what you believe. This is what you believe. Cause we're starting to break that pattern down and the brains. Going, well, what do I, where are we going now? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Like, I don't know what to believe now. Cause you're crossing everything off. Right. So you cross it out and then you rewrite the truth. Meaning you rewrite what, and you can go into this perspective if you're having a hard time, perspective of what would your best friend say to you? Or what would the universe say to you? What would God say to you? Or what would your mother say to you? Whoever is like near and dear to you, that would be very encouraging. Mm-hmm. Maybe just even what do you know to be true about you? Mm-hmm. And you rewrite the truth. So for example, 
let's just say somebody's putting something big out into the world and they just feel like crap. They're like, no one's buying, no one's whatever. So write it all out. And they could flip it around by saying, I'll just pretend it's me. I'll just say like, okay, Emily, I feel you. I hear you. I know that you feel like crap. I know that you feel like nobody's buying, but first and foremost, I want you to know that I'm proud of you because you're only feeling this way because you're putting yourself out there. So high five to you. (laughs) Like this is the first step to changing your life. Secondly, and you can bring up evidence of like, remember that time that you also thought whatever, and then you ended up selling five spots or whatever it might be like, you are freaking awesome. Keep going because there's so much goodness in store for you, right? Like just any way that you can flip it around or even like if someone's having a really bad day and they're like, Emily, I got none of the above in me. You just scratch it out and just say, like, put in your name, Emily, I love you. That's it. Emily, I love you. And then move on. Yeah. So that's one of my favorite ways to start to overcome these limiting mindset journal. Head shit journal. Yeah. Or mind shit. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Okay. That's one of them. And I know affirmations are a big thing for you. Yeah. 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 Because here's the thing. So I've always done affirmations and I've always known that they work for me, but now I'm actually studying hypnosis now and I'm learning more on the brain side of things, why they actually work. Mm -hmm. So there's this interesting thing called the critical faculty. Mm -hmm. And basically it's, so you have your conscious mind and your unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. And the unconscious mind is kind of like the hardware of the computer, so to speak. It's where all like our systems are. Like, it's just like, what our conscious mind digs into to be like, all right, here's what we're going for. Mm -hmm. And in order to change out the unconscious beliefs, we got to get past the critical faculty. But the thing is the critical faculty is going to side with the conscious mind, meaning whatever the conscious mind believes to be true about you of like, you'll never get ahead or you're not meant to be wealthy or no one wants to buy from you or whatever it is. The critical faculty is going along with those beliefs. Mm -hmm. So here's how affirmations help us out. They are best done when we are in a trance state Mm -hmm. and we go into a trance when we're driving, we go into a trance state right before we fall asleep. And we we're still in like a partial trance right when we're like waking up. Mm -hmm. So it's a good idea to put on the affirmations at those times, because in a trance, the critical faculty, like it's wall is down. It's like, Oh, like come on through. So that's our opportunity to reprogram Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reprogram the unconscious mind with these new beliefs. Mm-hmm. So I probably do, I'm just looking here now. As I say, I probably do affirmations every day. I I'm so obsessed with them. I literally have a binder <laughs> of them. Like I have affirmations for example, like when I was setting up a new funnel for Facebook, why will my funnel be so amazing? And I wrote out all the reasons why I have general affirmations here about my success. Like I dream big and go after what I want. I love selling. It lights me up. My intuition powerfully guides me. It always feels good. What I choose chooses me. I love myself deeply and completely, like all the things. So I do these pretty much daily. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, like, there ain't a time when I do those and I'm like, oh, I still feel like crap. There's at least like, I would say at least even on the bad days, I get 10%, if not 20% shift in, okay, I'm feeling better. Yeah. So they are my go-to because it's just like programming over and over and over again. This is what I believe to be true about me. Yeah. 
Oh, that's amazing. Now, do you put them in that binder so that you can go back? Cause I see you typed all of them. Yeah. Is it more like a reference or is that where you type them all and put them in there so that you have them all stored somewhere? So I have them on Google docs and all separate documents. And then I used to have these sheets all printed, like randomly scattered throughout my office. And then one day I was like, I got to get these things together. Cause like, this is getting too messy. So Great. yeah. So every now and then if, if I'm starting to feel like they're getting a little stale or not feeling as fun anymore or what have you, I'll go into my Google doc and I'll change them up a little and then I'll reprint them and then put them in this bad boy again. <laughs> awesome. I love yeah. that. So affirmations. Yeah, they are, they're super powerful. I put them in my journal every morning. That's part of my journaling exercise in my morning routine. And it, just like you said, I automatically notice a shift. Yes. Right. Notice a shift. Yeah. It's yeah. like, this feels better. And if I'm being honest, the, the negative, I think you called them the um, critical faculty. Yeah. I read a quote once that said, tell the negative committee inside your head to sit down and shut up. And it, it yeah. makes you a critical faculty. And yeah, it just kind of like puts them at bay. And like, what do I want to believe? It doesn't feel good to believe that shitty thing about me. So what do I yeah. want to believe? And yeah. I, and yeah. I get to, you know, reminding myself, I can choose to believe whatever I want. And sometimes that's hard for me to believe that I can choose to believe, but yeah. um, writing those affirmations helps remind me of that. Yes. And yeah. I switched out this link on my website, but I'm actually switching it back today. But there is a link where if your audience wants to go grab it, there's like a five minute audio of affirmations. I call them the five minute miracle morning affirmations. And my clients love it. And even just strangers on the internet, like will write me who have downloaded it. And I'm like, I listen to it every morning. And it's just that five minutes and it feels so good. So it's normally on my website, but I, I swapped it out the last week or so because I just finished up a little fun freebie called money and miracles. So I got to get it back on my website, but I'm just, I'll find the link and I'll give it to you if you want to post it in the Facebook yeah. group after. So yeah, that'd be great. I'll go post grab it. it. So everybody knows I'll post it in the comments. So you all can grab it and get your five minutes of affirmations in, in the morning. Yeah. That's feel, amazing. Feel good. And then there's also, you get three things, you get the affirmations and then there's two really amazing uh, meditations that I created that they can go okay. check out as well. Yeah. Awesome. So tell us then, because this feels like a good segue to ask where else can they find you? Because I'm sure after hearing your stories and everything you've shared that they're going to want more of this. So where can people find you? Well, at this particular time, the best place to go is Facebook. So if they want to go to my Facebook page, it's just Emily King. So it's facebook.com forward slash Emily King Co. C-O-O as in coach. Perfect. Is there something that like on Instagram that they can check in with? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm either on Instagram. I, I like go back and forth between Instagram and Facebook. So, and Instagram is the same name, Emily King Co over there. So, okay. Awesome. Yeah. They can hang out with me on either or and Very have cool. a time. Very <laughs> yeah. cool. Well, thank you so much for being here, Emily. This was really powerful. And I know for people to hear over and over again, you know, it's the work that we're doing on ourselves and our beliefs. That's really going to make a difference. And I love the stories that you shared and everything where you showed us that your work on yourself is what made the biggest shifts for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. This is fun. (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you all so much for being here. And this has been amazing, Emily. Thank you again. So, so much. Thank you. (laughs) Awesome. Have a good day, everybody. Bye everyone. All right, that is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me and it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing. 
I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, healthystepswithnicole.com. I would love to hear from you and I can't wait.